Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Life Abundant Podcast. My name is Susie Seidel and I am so excited that you're here. This is kind of the first full episode where I'm talking about the things that I plan on just bringing up in this space and having conversation about. So I'm really excited to get into this today. And um, the topic that we're discussing today is something that has been really prevalent in my life. Um, It was something that was on my mind a lot all throughout 2021. And now going into 2022 is something that I want to be intentional and make sure I'm prioritizing and want to be able to share that with you um, in case that this is something that might be on your mind, which I feel like it's all kind of on our minds, which is like kind of the topic of busyness and rest. And so going back to this summer, kind of where this first came up for me is when I was on vacation with my family in Breckenridge. So I like had just finished my first year of college. It was only like a few days after my like last days of finals. And it was a super fun trip. Um, on this particular day, we had a jam-packed day. I remember in the morning, we went on a bike ride, and I think we went about 10, maybe more miles, and I remember that I thought I was killing it. My little meter on the bike said that I was going 18, 20 miles an hour, so I was feeling good, feeling on top of the world, feeling like Lance Armstrong type beat, but I kind of find out that the bikes were electric, so... I definitely was getting an extra push from the motor, but was still pretty proud of myself. Um, And I had, I was starting an online class at the time, but I'm pretty sure I'd finished all the work for the week by that point. And we had already gone out a lot. I'd already like been on like a walk that day. Like my body was just so tired from this long bike ride. And I just came to this point in the day where I had nothing to do. And I was in this really nice bedroom because I'm the youngest in my family, so Usually I kind of end up in like the bunk bedroom, if you know what I mean. But on this trip, I was lucky enough to have like a master bedroom or something like that. And so I was kind of sitting in there and I was like, okay, well, I guess I can watch like some Netflix or something. And I just kind of sat down on the bed and, you know, turned on a show. And I just all of a sudden became super anxious. And I was really stressed out, just overwhelmed with the feeling of I'm wasting my time. I'm not doing anything like I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And just feeling really uncomfortable in the feeling of doing nothing and being at rest. And luckily, I kind of was able to, like, catch a grip. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, okay, because this was the summer I started my internship at the church I work at now. And that was starting probably when I got back. I think I was leaving early to go ahead and start. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a super busy summer. Um, I just finished a super crazy, like, hectic year of college, like, I don't know when I'm going to have the opportunity to just like sit down and rest. So I really want to try to enjoy it and make the most of it. And I was really glad I was able to do that because summer was crazy. I was working that job. I was working another job and I rarely had that time to just sit and relax. And so this has just been something that's kind of been on my mind since then. Um, And there's been so many times where like I've caught myself in college just like sitting on in my dorm room or just being alone and just feeling really anxious of like, oh, I should be doing something right now. Or I don't know. I just feel like as a whole, we have a lot of discomfort and discontentment when it comes to rest because the culture has just placed this standard of we need to be busy all the time. We need to be doing something. Um, You know, we need to keep up with the Joneses like all the time, you know, but that is quite the opposite of what the Bible tells us to do. And so this is something that I was fortunate enough to study and speak about um, with the student ministry that I interned with. And I just really wanted to share with you guys going into the new year. So 
I am in Luke chapter 10, and these are verses 38 through 42. So this is talking about Jesus and his disciples. And it says, while they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken from her. So I can definitely relate to Martha in this passage. She just is feeling super anxious, is trying to get a million things done, and is just feeling helpless, um, overwhelmed, underappreciated, anxious, and stressed. And I'm sure that we can all pick out one of those attributes and relate it to our life, whether that be at school, in work, in relationships, whatever it may be. So Martha is preoccupied with feelings of distraction, perfection, and dependence, which cause her immense stress and ultimately pull her away from Jesus. And so when we identify these sources of stresses in our life, we can more readily apply what Jesus says to combat it, find rest, and experience more peaceful lives. So I definitely want to go over these three things um, as a reminder to myself and as a reminder to you guys. So there are a few common types of stress, as I said, that we see Martha undergoing in this passage. So the first would be distraction. And I think that we all have heard from our parents, our teachers, you know, whoever's around us that we are especially distracted this day and age. So the text says that Martha is distracted by many tasks, preparations, or much serving. So those are different um, things that different translations say. So I kind of picture her performing like similar tasks to what um, like your mom or whoever does on Thanksgiving, just um, like delicately preparing food, folding the silverware, wiping down the counter, setting out plates. Um, I worked at a cafe in high school and we had this huge closing list that we had to complete by the end of each day. And I, there was just always something you could be doing. You could always be sweeping, mopping, cleaning the ovens, doing the dishwasher. Um, meanwhile, there's like customers coming up and ordering stuff too. And so we see Martha occupying herself with something that we all struggle with and face this day and age, which is busyness. And so busyness is something that, again, I've really struggled with. And sometimes it just feels like everyone is doing something except for me. You know, my friends are at the library doing homework, at the rec center, um, working out, going to dinner with one another. And so I feel so guilty when all I'm doing is like relaxing in my room or taking time for myself or, you know, not doing what you know, society or my phone is telling me is productive. And this can be something that like really affects me spiritually too. And I see other people excited about their faith, making new connections in the church or going to more things than I do. And I feel inadequate or not as good of a Christian as them. So I just like fill my plate with more and more things until it's completely full. And I just spoke to a girl recently who was saying that it's hard for her to go to church because she sees people there all the time that go more than her and that just makes her feel less than or inadequate which is just not true (laughs) and so something that really helps me um, when I have a thought like that and you know discern it as you know truth or false is comparing it to the word of God and so if you take that thought captive and hold it to the word of God and it doesn't line up you can know that that is a lie from the enemy and that it is not true and it is not the voice of the Lord 
And so we can put this lie that, you know, we're inadequate and we're not doing as much as the other people up to Psalm 23, which is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. So notice how this this says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. So God desires rest for us. He wants us to lie down in security and sit still in peace. And, you know, this not only is implied in Psalm 23, but we see that in how God um, declares the Sabbath. And he calls us to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And it is something that he um, desires his people to uphold throughout the Old Testament, even into the New Testament. But he knows that our hearts are resistant to it. He knows that our hearts are resistant to rest and um, sitting still in peace. And so we get distracted with our many tasks school, work, relationships, and, you know, things of this world that we miss God's call to sit and be with him. I just love how it says he makes me lie down in green pastures because he's like, girl, sit down. (laughs) Like, you need to chill out. So, you know, don't miss that call from him. Like, it, you're not, you know, wasting time. And this is reminding myself, like, you're not, um, not good enough just because you're not doing something. Like, God wants us, he desires and loves and, you know, finds value and joy in that image of us just sitting still and being with him. Okay, so the second type of stress that we see in this passage is perfection. Um, So I really quickly just kind of want to give a definition of prayer going into this type of stress. So prayer is just talking to God or communion with him. So when we go back into the passage and see, um, it says that Mary is sitting at the Lord's feet. So she's at the feet of the Lord listening to him speak to her and is fully engaged and vulnerable to him. So I think this is a really cool way of considering her as being in prayer. So prayer isn't, you know, just sitting with your hands folded, um, eyes closed. Um, it's just communion and communication with God, which is what uh, Mary's doing. And she, like, had the privilege to do it with Jesus in the physical form. But Martha kind of seems to have something to fix before she was in prayer. Everything had to be perfect and attended to before she could just allow herself to sit at the feet of Jesus. So that's my question. Do you ever feel like that? So we can think about this in a few different ways. Um, You know, in terms of having something to fix before we can go in prayer. So first of all, prayer is not always my first priority. And when I'm in college, like the first thing I want to do when I wake up is like crank up my Keurig and get the day started by knocking out homework or doing something that feels productive. So um, this can make me feel like like prayer isn't the most important thing in my life. Like there's other things that I have to do. And then another way of thinking about it is that we have to like clean up our lives before meeting God in prayer. Like we need, we have something to fix. We need everything to be perfect. It kind of reminds me of like the old saying of like when people are like, well, I can't go to church if I walked in like a lightning bolt would strike me or something like that. Like God doesn't need us to be perfect. He says to come as we are, but the only thing is we just can't stay as we are. So another way that's helped me really think about this is um, something that I've talked about in a small group. Um, Shout out to my girlies. They're amazing. But um, my friend Kira gave me this kind of analogy. So um, it's almost like when you're hanging out with like a new friend or someone you haven't known very long. And if they're going to come over, you know, like pick up your room a little bit, put some clothes away perhaps light a candle, whatever you feel like sets the ambiance. But um, if your best friend is coming over, you don't think twice about like cleaning up your room. 
um, you know your friend doesn't mind like sitting in your mess. And so when we're thinking about this, we can think of Jesus as our best friend. John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love has no one than this, but to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Jesus calls us his friend and gave up everything so that we could have a relationship with him 2,000 years later. So not only does this free us up from having to clean up our like mess of anxiety, sin, or dark thoughts, but Jesus is that friend that offers to like reorganize your closet with you. I hope that you guys all have that friend. Um, and he helps us sort through our mess so that we may feel known and valued by him. So unfortunately, while we cannot be perfect, we serve a perfect God that when we ask and accept him, he perfectly serves us. And so I just think it's so beautiful how Jesus didn't want a perfect meal or a clean kitchen. He didn't want Martha to be breaking her back over making sure the tile was scrubbed perfectly or the chicken was cooked to the perfect temperature. He just wanted her. He just wanted to be with her. And so that just like really convicts me in thinking about all these things in my life that I feel like I put all this like weight on my shoulders of I have to be this perfect person. I have to make sure I'm reaching out to everybody I know. I have to, um, you know, you know, get my Bible's plan straight and make sure I'm on the like right day and, you know, become so legalistic of all these things that comprise religion and what we think comprise faith. But Jesus doesn't want all of that. He doesn't want all of the bells and whistles. He just wants us and he just wants our open hearts to him. And hopefully that like just overwhelms you with peace as it's doing for me right now. And then going into the third type of stress that we see is dependence or the thought that Everything depends on me. Everything rests on my shoulders, which kind of is a good segue from what I just said. And that is something that I am really, really struggling with. Um, I just am a person that puts a lot, a lot of pressure on myself. And I think that as young adults or, you know what, sorry, I just burped. (laughs) Whatever age bracket you're in, um, you might identify with. Um, So going back to the text says, Martha says, Um, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. And, um, I, so I kind of, again, just like picturing like a kitchen scene. And I remember when my mom was like preparing for guests, whether it was for like Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, I would literally leave. (laughs) I would go to my friend's Chris, my friend Kristen's house because I knew that my mom would just be like really stressed out and, um, doing a lot to prepare the house. I just like didn't want to be there because I didn't want to help, because I was the worst, um, and so I would just be at my neighbor's, Kristen's house, like, petting her dogs, and eating York peppermint patties, and drinking orange Gatorade, which she always had, and watching at Carly, and yes, that's a real memory, um, but my poor mom probably felt so frustrated that she was all alone with, like, such great expectations on herself, um, and the thing is, like, when it comes to, like, hosting and stuff, I feel like nobody puts, as great of an expectation on you than yourself and I mean I think that we see that in so many different ways like we just place the work the weight of the world on our shoulders but we set ourselves up for failure because there's no way that we alone can carry that you know we can't be perfect and we can't do everything um the way that we think is planned and so you know we're just kind of setting ourselves up for sadness and stress and again failure because we we just are putting impossible expectations on ourselves and perfect expectations on imperfect people 
But this is the way we feel and the pressure that we put on ourselves. And it can sometimes feel better or less of a risk than having to depend on other people because, you know, like at least you can trust yourself and not really have to rely on others. Um, and I think for me, it's easier to keep my sin or mistakes that I've made to myself because if I tell anyone else, I know I will be held accountable, maybe judged or seen differently. So I carry all of that weight by myself, which is extremely stressful. But Matthew 11, um, 28 through 30 is just such a perfect response to this issue. And Jesus says to his disciples in this passage, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm going to read it again because it's just so good. Okay. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Martha found herself stressed by distractions, perfection, and dependence, which had some pretty serious implications. Again, she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone, so tell her to give me a hand. So side effects of stress that we see from Martha are reaching for control, blame, and self-centeredness. As she basically told Jesus, like, God, if I don't like how my life looks, if it doesn't look like everyone else's, if I'm not constantly commended for the work that I do, then you don't care about me. And I say that to God through my actions all the time. And when I feel this way, I catch myself not spending time in prayer, not opening my Bible, speaking negatively about myself and other people, or falling back into habits that God has set me free from. And we all have moments where, you know, we run from God and when we feel this way, um, Jonah, Moses, David, the disciples, and now Martha um, are, you know, we're in good company with them that are people who have hesitated to face Jesus um, in the Bible. But the awesome thing about God is that he does not respond to um, our just like selfish thoughts and like the response of Martha with anger, condemnation, or resentment. His response is, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. And something that I like to do when I'm reading scripture is kind of imagine myself in that moment. And I just picture Martha's eyes like welling up because it is so much more than like the casserole overcooking or the forks placed on the right side of the plate rather than the left. I did not take Italian, so I don't even know if that's right. Um, Who knows what was really pulling at her heart? You know, like, I just kind of imagine her, like, not thinking that she's good enough to, like, be in God's presence or to accept him or to walk with him. So she feels like she has to do all these other things first. And I just picture her, like, just sighing and being like, like, I messed up, you know? And, oh, I feel that all the time um, when I just, like, catch myself, um, like, kind of have a heart check of, like, oh, like... I'm doing this wrong, you know, like, I'm not loving people well, I am, like, acting prideful, like, I just need to, like, chill out, (laughs) and God, and Jesus is saying this too, (laughs) he's saying chill out, and he says, one thing is necessary, Mary has made the right choice, or chosen what was better, and it will not be taken from her, so, okay, Jesus says one thing is necessary, so that's, like, a pretty cool thing, like, usually he's kind of speaking in metaphors and crazy stuff, so, you know, he's saying one thing is necessary, so what is it? So what is the one thing that will ease our stress and give us peace? 
And the answer is, again, what he said that Mary has done, and Mary has made the right choice, which is just simply sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, speaking to him, and hearing his word. Oh, wow. And so a quote by Francis Chan that, like, actually kills me (laughs) is, Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at the things in life that don't really matter. And so I'm an achiever. I totally get it. You know, I want um, to have this, like, perfect image, not only for other people, but just, like, for myself. Like, I want to, um, like, have the perfect body, like, have the perfect relationships, have perfect friends, have an awesome social media, have just, like, stuff, you know? And... I think that I fear, like, failing at those things, but, you know, what this quote really convicts me of is that these are the things that don't matter, and so my, like, hope and my focus and my purpose should not be geared to those things, but of what Jesus said, the one thing that does matter and the one thing that is necessary, which is being with him. So, like, how does that, like, change my priorities and change my life? And, like, a specific example that just, like, comes to mind is, like, I go to the gym, like, pretty much every day or, like, you know, an appropriate amount of time I'm trying to. (laughs) Um, That's a whole other podcast. But, you know, if I can carve out that one hour to go to the gym or I can carve out that one hour to, you know, spend on my phone or, or whatever, like, I can spend that hour, like, doing the one thing that matters, which is just sitting with Jesus. And that just, like, completely changes my priorities and changes my day is just spending time with him and, you know, receiving and encountering him. And so I just, it just like makes me think of like, um, you know, going to the gym, getting there every day, but like still feeling discontent with my body. Um, I, you know, cried over getting a B in biology in high school, like thinking I would never go to college, but I did. And I've literally like not thought about that class since. And so, you know, these things that like we stress out and exhaust ourselves over have little implication on our lives except for stress and negative side effects, as we saw with Martha, and I'm sure as you guys can identify with whatever you're facing or what you're walking through. And so when I think about it, the one thing that has had the most implication on my life was not how well I did in school, how many friends I had, or... I just burped again. (laughs) So sorry. This is like the the landing the plane moment, too, so I'll get more serious. Let's, Let's go back. The one thing that has had... The most implication on my life was not how well I did in school, how many friends I had, or what I did on the weekend, which I literally, like, would drive myself crazy over, and I still can do sometimes, but the one thing that has changed the life my, the most was just my relationship with Jesus, and it just came from sitting with the Savior and allowing Him to nourish my soul and speak into my life, and so when you surrender these other things to be with Jesus, He will not take that time or joy away from you. I feel like I feel like I have to give up um, like what I want to do or like relationships I have in order to, you know, make my faith a priority. But like, that's not what happens. He does not like steal as, you know, we talked about in John ten ten the last episode, like the thief comes in to steal, kill and destroy. But that's not what Jesus says. He comes to give us life and he does not take that time or joy away from us, but he gives us the desires of our hearts and something so much better, which is him. And it's his plans for us. And, um, it's just a better way. And so I guess we can tie this in to the name of the podcast, <laughs> which is Life Abundant. And so I just think back to that time, like in Breckenridge, when I like, felt so guilty about doing nothing. Um, 
But that is like valuable time I can spend with Jesus. And that is valuable time that I can nourish my soul, hear from him, walk with him. And I don't know, there's this, um, there's a hymn that says, um, it's called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And it says, what peace we often forfeit, all because we do not carry things to God in prayer. And I think that vert or that hymn just like, is such a beautiful summary of this passage. And, you know, thankfully, um, Romans 8, 28 says that God works all things together according um, to his purpose. And so thankfully, like we can't really mess up. I mean, we can be disobedient, but, um, we don't have the power to mess up God's plan for our life. Like he will have his way. But what we do mess up a lot is forfeiting peace that we already have by not coming to Jesus and not by spending time with him in prayer. And so as I just like think back to moments where I felt that way and just felt overwhelmed that I'm wasting time, it is never a waste of time to be with God and to just hear him speak into your life and just to read scripture and you know, watch it read you <laughs> as hap- what happens to me every single day. Um, and so this busyness that we face and these things that we stress ourselves out about over again, um, we don't have to fear of failing at them, but succeeding at them and that they don't really matter. So yeah, <laughs> um, that doesn't mean they come off as um, condemning or frightening or anything like that, but more so just like peaceful and that you can just like this isn't you know worth the stress like I don't have to be enslaved to this thing and to this thing that makes me anxious but I can just be with Jesus so hopefully or let let me pray for us let me pray for us (laughs) um God I just thank you so much um for your word I just thank you for um knowing the struggles and the things that we would face today before the foundation of the world so that you could speak into it through your word in the Bible thousands of years ago. And I just thank you for sending your son to just look us in the eye and tell us to slow down, to stop and to sit and be with him, that he doesn't desire any of the frilly things, any of the things that we stress ourselves out over, any of the things that we feel like are a prerequisite to salvation. But we just see that all he needs is us and that it is by grace and faith alone um that we are saved um and so god i just pray that um just all of um the ears that this message is touching including my own god that we just slow down and that we are still and find peace and rest in you god i just pray that we prioritize um carving out time to spend with you um to be restful to be sabbathful to um just renew um our spirits god and mm, that we just find a peace that surpasses all understanding. I thank you for this opportunity to speak on this podcast, and I just pray um, that we may find encouragement going into the rest of our day, week, whatever it may be. Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it may be, and I will catch you next time. Bye, guys.